Hi, and welcome to the Notes on Nursing podcast, a podcast in which I, Nurse Jake, delve into the sociological, historical, philosophical, and practical influences on my nursing practice from the point of view of a man in the nursing profession. I seek to provide context and subtext as I attempt to navigate an honorable path into and through the most trusted professional role in the United States and perhaps across the world. I hope I can live up to such high expectations. Registered nurses are arguably the most trusted profession in the world today. For an impressive 20 years running, nursing has been rated as the most trusted profession once again in 2021, according to a Gallup poll in the United States. The Gallup Honesty and Ethics Poll originated back in 1976 and has been conducted every year since 1990. Nurses have consistently attained the top rank in this poll in the past 20 years. I have a great deal of respect for my chosen profession, but also a great deal of apprehension about the position it places me in as the odd man out, pun intended. I'd like to take a minute to thank the talented and patient students of the Gulf Coast State College Digital Media Department for offering me the opportunity to explore the topics of men in nursing, manhood, caring, and the current trends in healthcare and professional nursing as it is being practiced by men in the field today. By providing such high production value and kind, considerate technical assistance, I'm being provided with such an opportunity to pursue my interests in historical trends, gender theory, ethics, and best practices as I move through my nursing education and career. So I believe a long overdue introduction is in order. My name is Jake. I'm a 42-year-old nursing student at GCSE. I'm currently an LPN working in the plasma industry. I'm working toward my ADN and hopefully onward, ever onward, into more educational opportunities. I love learning and teaching, and I'm excited by the possibility of doing both with this podcast. I am new to the nursing profession. I've spent five years teaching at the middle school level in a variety of subjects, including history, civics, literature, and career planning. I left teaching to pursue a career in healthcare. I had become a certified nursing assistant in 2012. I then became a licensed practical nurse late in 2014. I have worked in long-term care as a CNA and LPN. I then started in the plasma industry in 2018, where I'm currently employed. I decided to go back to school last year to complete prerequisite coursework, and I'm now beginning my ADN coursework. I am anticipating conclusion of my ADN by summer of 2023. I will undoubtedly be kept very busy by my coursework and clinical experiences. However, I want to supplement my studies with exploration of these topics of special interest to me. I want to understand some of the social, historical trends in medicine. I want to see my place in this long and distinguished lineage and use that understanding to enrich my practice of nursing. I want to understand how nursing is distinct yet parallel to medicine and all the other professions that make up the allied health approach to human care. My first goal is to outline medicine and prehistory and detail the divisions and specializations that inevitably arise when human knowledge deepens and strengthens our understanding of ourselves and our surroundings. I want to map, map out the branchings of the tree and see where the splits occur. Medical practice in prehistory can be examined through archaeological evidence and through anthropological study of indigenous cultures relatively untouched by modernity. From these sources... It is possible to sketch an outline of medical practice from our earliest days as a species, although there will remain a great deal of mystery concerning the accuracy of these theories. What evidence do we have of medicine in prehistory? Evidence does exist of self-medication with herbs and clays by early hominids. Early spiritual practices also have magical healing components. 
15 to 20,000 years ago, magician, healers, shapeshifters were believed to travel to the other world to meet and negotiate with spiritual forces that exert influence on the natural world and on the health of people. Medicinal plant use and surgical procedures, such as trepanning, and attempts at the resetting of broken bones are evidenced by the fossil record. Trepanning is defined as the practice of holes drilled into the skull. Possible reasons for trepanation include relief of head pain, treatment of neurological diseases, relief of intracranial pressure from head trauma, and the drawing out of evil spirits. Archaeological evidence of trepanation can be found at least as far back as Neolithic times and in the fossil records all across the world. Notable examples can be found in China, Egypt, Greece, Rome, and South America. 47,000 BCE, chemical analysis of the dental calculi of Neanderthal teeth found near El Cedron in northern Spain suggests medicinal plant use. While meat was central to the diet of Neanderthals, evidence suggests that the ingestion of carbohydrate-rich plant material, including bitter-tasting plants such as yarrow and chamomile, are in evidence. Dr. Stephen Buckley, a research fellow at the University of York's BioArch facility, said, We know that Neanderthals would find these plants bitter, so it is likely these plants must have been selected for reasons other than taste. 7,000 to 5,000 BCE. Cave art in Algeria depict an image referred to as Tassili Mushroom Man. Indications of an early tradition of psychedelic mushroom use and its importance can be drawn from this image. Ossie the Iceman, discovered accidentally by hikers in 1991, together with his clothing and equipment, represent a very well-preserved example of ancient peoples. Atsi carried medicinal herbs, such as the birch polypore fungus, which the Iceman may have used to calm inflammation or as an antibiotic. Atsi's stomach contained evidence of bracken fern, which can be said to be used in the treatment of intestinal parasites like tapeworms. In the Lascaux Caves, there is a depiction of a man-bird combination of man and bird. Um, this early depiction is possibly a shaman uh, shown being capable of shape-shifting into an avian form. Shamans, uh, the word shaman comes from the Machutungus word shaman, from the verb sha to know. So a shaman is literally one who knows. While the term technically applies only to indigenous inhabitants of Siberia. The word has become more widespread in usage and has come to indicate an individual who enters an altered state of consciousness to interact with the spirit world for the spiritual, physical, and psychological benefit of their people. I am using this term to indicate the wider definition of spiritual practice. However, despite similarities in shamanic practices across the globe, all cultures are unique, and I intend this term to only encompass a specific set of spiritual tools that various cultures hold in common, not to imply any oversimplification of spiritual practice 
or uniform sameness or simplicity in the flowering of indigenous spiritual systems. While the shaman, in their cultural context, wears many hats, leader, spiritual advisor, poet, philosopher, and performance artist, the role of healer is most germane to this context. From the evidence, shamans engaged in healing practices related to injury and psychological trauma. Shamans were able to utilize medicinal herbs and a handful of surgical procedures, such as trepanation, to heal the sick. Shamans were able to interact with the spirits, which not only existed, but played a significant role in the daily lives of individuals in the societies of early humans. Siberian shamans still use hallucinogens, drumming, and plants to induce trance states and provide access to the spirit world. Powerful healers can project themselves into this realm and negotiate with evil spirits of disease to release the sick so as to restore health. Shamans are also tasked with guiding the souls of the deceased to the afterlife. Spiritual healing practices are used to this day in East Asia, Africa, and the Arctic, as well as among Aboriginal cultures in Australia. These healing uh, investigations um, represent the roots of the healing arts. Some key takeaways from prehistoric medicine and how it was practiced include healing as a holistic and multifaceted endeavor, early psychology, psychological healing, and the belief in the efficacy of treatment, the significance of archetypes and altered states of consciousness on mental and physical health, and pharmacology with the validation of medicinal herbs affecting the treatment of illness from early hominids experience. Just as human civilization grows and becomes more complex in many ways throughout the ages, human understanding of ourselves grows and deepens as well. Developmental theories, such as those covered in pediatric nursing, describe and elaborate on the changing nature of a child becoming an adult. Theorists such as Erickson, Piaget, and Kohlberg outline their theories on the growth and maturation of people. Erickson's stages of psychosocial development. Uh, at each stage in life, these psychological challenges await us. Successful resolution of these challenges prepares one to move forward. Unsuccessful resolution of a challenge leads to aspects of the unresolved conflict to affect later stages of development. Trust versus mistrust in infancy. Infants need to trust that caregivers will be there to take care of them. Lacking this, it is difficult to develop trusting relationships with others later in life. Autonomy versus shame and doubt in toddlers. Toddlers want to do things for themselves while lacking the skills to do so at times. If made to feel bad about their efforts, feelings of shame and doubt may persist later in life. Initiative versus guilt in preschoolers. When experiencing continued praise for independent action, children learn to take initiative. If their actions are judged too critically by caregivers, a sense of guilt may permeate their lives. Industry versus inferiority in school-aged children. Children at this stage are interested in achievement and accomplishment. Winning and earning rewards for accomplishments becomes more important. Failing to feel skilled and useful can lead to feelings of inferiority. Identity versus role confusion in adolescence. Adolescents are looking to establish a sense of self and role within their peer group. 
feeling overwhelmed by responsibility can inhibit the formation of identity, leading to an identity crisis. Intimacy versus isolation in young adults. Young adults in this stage work at forming close relationships with others. Those with meaningful relationships are able to develop intimacy with others. Those without can feel alienated and isolated from their peers. Generativity versus stagnation in middle adults. Adults in this stage are deciding if and how to pass on what they have learned in life to others through mentoring relationships with younger people. Failure or inability to do this can lead to feelings of bitterness and further alienation from peers. Integrity versus despair in older adults. Older adults want to be able to look back on a life well lived and feel like they made a difference. Feelings of having wasted their time can lead to a sense of despair as they come face to face with their own death. Piaget's stages of cognitive development. Sensory motor period, from birth to age two, children primarily learn about their environment through their senses. Pre-operational thought, age two to age seven, children begin to understand abstraction, causation, and categorization. Children at this stage still struggle with egocentrism and concepts such as the conservation of mass, matter, volume, and such. Concrete operation from age 7 to 11. At this stage, categorization improves, conservation is better understood, identity is also better understood, and the ability to see from different perspectives begins to develop. Formal operation, age 11 to adulthood. Abstract concepts and hypothetical thinking emerge at this stage. Hypothetical reasoning allows for formulation and testing of theories. Problem solving in a systematic and logical way becomes possible. Kohlberg's moral development contains three levels with two stages per level. Level one, pre-conventional. Stage one, obedience and punishment. Stage two, individualism, instrumentalism, and exchange. Level two is stage three, good boy, girl. And stage four, law and order. Level three, post-conventional. Stage five, social contract. And stage six, principled conscience. Pre-conventional morality includes obedience and punishment, which is generally found in school-aged children. People behave according to a sense of right and wrong based on the dictates of an authority figure, such as a parent or teacher. This obedience is achieved through punishment for noncompliance. What's right is what doesn't get me in trouble. And individualism, instrumentalism, and exchange, which is characterized by a view that right behavior means acting in a person's own best interest. What's right is what's best for me. Conventional moral thinking is the level that a majority of society operates at. Good boy or girl is characterized by an attitude in which a person seeks to do what will gain approval from others. What's right is what people will think well of me for doing. And law and order is oriented by abiding by the law and responding to the obligations of duty. What's right is following the rules and doing my duty. Post-conventional thinking is rare. Kohlberg believed it is not reached by most adults. Social contract is an understanding of social mutuality and a genuine interest in the welfare of others. What's right is what is good for society as a whole 
and also for individuals in society. Principled conscience is based on respect for universal principles and the demands of individual conscience. What is right is based on ideals of decency that don't comprise uh, or that don't compromise my sense of right and wrong. Thanks for tuning in. Next time, we'll discuss an overview of the concepts in pediatric nursing. You've been listening to Notes on Nursing podcast in its first and rather short first episode. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.